and welcome to Coffee and Catholics, a Catholic women's talk show podcast. I'm Stacy, one of your hosts, and with me I have... Hi, I'm Alicia. I'm Annie. And I'm Lauren. Hello, and welcome to Coffee and Catholics. This week we're going to be discussing how we bear gentle witness of our faith in division of our church, uh, but also to our non-Catholic friends and family. We've all at this table talked about the members of our family who we want to share our faith with and how our the ways that we've done that in the past sometimes have been good and sometimes not. But as we've grown as Christians, we've realized that the most important way of bearing witness to the church is through a gentle and authentic just daily walk with Christ, um, being faithful to him in our own lives and to the truth that has been revealed to us. But we struggle because as we're learning how to do this authentically, there's all of this public division within the church um, on multiple different scales and different issues. Some of it has been created by us as Catholics in the media, others have been foisted upon us by a hostile secular media and and a hostile culture. And so as we're piecing through all of this information and misinformation about what the church believes and who she is, we are all finding ourselves just walking this out day to day, wanting to create an authentic witness to the people in our families and not really knowing exactly how to do this. But today, we want to talk about some of the ways that we're learning how to bear a gentle witness, a witness that is reminiscent of Our Lady, is reminiscent of um, relationship and accompaniment, the way that it was in the early church. And so that's kind of where we're, we're at today. Well, and I do want to say that as we're talking about this and we're talking about divisions within the church, like it, I think it is an important thing to note. It seems very like obvious, but for people who have opinions um, about certain issues that are not in conjunction with church teaching, it's important to note that the church does have specific teachings yes. about many issues and it does have, um, so, so even though that there are divisions within their church, we're not talking about, obviously, divisions within church teaching itself, like Mother Church and what she teaches us. Oh, it's such an important distinction. Yes, we, yeah. And so, There's that whole book, the Catechism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a thick book. Yeah, one you don't want to read cover to cover because you'll put you to sleep at night. But it's, we're not it's rehashing important. dogma here. We're <laughs> yeah. just saying. Yeah, yeah. So, so though there are many divisions in the church, one way to kind of, I think, rectify that, although there's nuance there with, with individual people. Um, though people can have different opinions when we look at church teaching, we have to decide, especially if you, you know, you don't agree with that church teaching. Okay. Why does the church teach that and kind of dive into it? If that makes sense. No, I love that you said that because I wouldn't want anyone within the sound of our voices thinking that the church is, undecided on certain issues or or is fighting over it those things have been decided where we're dividing is in the way that we are treating each other and the way that we are respecting the different paths of each other now i think it has more to do with just the squabbles and the way we are working out pastoral ministry in a church that is having to deal with it 
changing society. And so there's issues within each other or within the church about how that should most best be dealt with. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm really, really thankful that you said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, there's been division in the church since the beginning. Yes. And that's so, nothing new. Yeah. So that's nothing new. It's just Hello, what councils. Christ, yeah, so exactly. The councils. <laughs> and this is something really interesting that I learned. This is, but re- something interesting that I learned, there's, there's kind of a misconception um, among critics of Catholicism that say that these councils were convened in order to decide upon doctrine it's like, no, actually, the doctrine was already decided right. upon. Exactly. What happened was there were heresies that came about mm-hmm. and which caused confusion and division within the church. And so they convened councils in order to say, okay, let's talk this through. Let's talk this out. This is what the church teaches. This is what Christ taught. Mm-hmm. This is what we're sticking with. We're not changing what Christ taught. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of just solidified into doctrine and dogma. Yes. Over time. Over time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, that's Dr. Scott Hahn said something. I saw him on a, a show. He was actually on the show with a Protestant with Matt Frad talking about things and answering objections. Um, and one of the things he said was that, you know, for example, the doctrine of Mary being assumed didn't just become doctrine in 1950. We've always believed that. It just became a codified dogma at that point, but it wasn't like she, all of a sudden we started believing that the church always believed that, mm-hmm. you know, so it's yeah. just, it was just a way of making clear to yeah. the faithful, deepening, no, this is clarifying. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, with all of that being um, said, I would say, I know I've, I've talked a little bit about this before about the wrong ways to go about um, bearing witness um, I, when I first became Catholic, I was like gung ho and I knew the faith and I wanted everyone around me to know, but I, somehow I forgot about all those years where I didn't agree with the church and the slow conversion of, of mind and of heart that I had towards the faith, completely forgot about all of that. And, you know, people needed to hear the truth and convert just like that, like, <laughs> That's what they needed to do because Seems I was legit. giving, yeah, I was giving them like the A, B, and C. Like, why not? And I was just mind, like mind blown that people weren't doing that, and I didn't know what was wrong. And I made family members cry mm. because <laughs> I did more than once. Um, yeah, it's bad, but uh, I made them cry because I was not gentle at all, and I told them, you know, that they were doing, they were wrong, and this could lead them to hell, and God was disappointed in them. And all of these things. And um, I think it just, it took time for me to learn. And actually people being honest with me, like my husband, one time I said something to a family member over the phone. I got off the phone thinking like all self-righteously, like, yeah, you know, like I'm, I was right about that and all this stuff. My husband was like, that was really mean. Mm-hmm. And it caught me off guard because I was like, well, you're Catholic, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? And, um, you know, that kind of got my, the wheels turning in my head, like, oh, well, maybe, maybe I'm going about this the wrong way. And God slowly started working through that seed and growing that seed in my heart. But, um, you know, I think it's, it's, there's also, I would say, not only just being so like forceful Mm -hmm. in those very kind of more aggressive ways, I think it also, there's nuance in that it depends on the person. It also depends on their love language. Mm -hmm. Um, what it is that they need, because um, that's the recent lesson that I've been learning that has been very painful to break away from the pride I've, I've, 
I've been asking God to humble me, to teach me humility. And dangerous prayer. Oh, but it's beautiful. I love it. Mm-hmm. Do it. Oh, but <laughs> it has been very, very painful to be honest. But at the same time, it has been so immensely beautiful. And like, it's just, I, I can't quite describe it, but like, it's been so beautiful that it is so worth it because you can't have humility. You can't be close to God and, and be prideful. Like you have to let go of that pride. And so anyway, it's just learning. That's, that's a recent lesson is learning how to let go of control of like, you know, of being in control of somebody else's um, path to God. That I have to step back and get get myself out of the way of God's way and out of that person's way and be there the way that they need me, not the way that I want to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been an interesting lesson. Well, one thing I've noticed, and I can just speak generally here, but in my own life, there's a passage in the Liturgy of the Hours, and I am not going to get it right. It's one of it's in the Psalms, or it's in one of the Psalm prayers that says, you know, that the Lord waters the earth like rain, and slowly the seeds appear. And in my life, I can say that the movement of the Holy Spirit, when I look back over time, has always had a gentling effect. It hasn't created a sharper, Lauren. It hasn't created a more insistent Lauren. When he's in charge, there's a slower person that comes out of me. There's a a listening, a curiosity. There's a softness that he brings like rain on the earth that slowly washes away those barriers that people have built up and, and that I've built up in my soul. And I think that, you know, there's a, there's also a passage, I believe it's in Zephaniah that talks about the Lord will come to us like a gentle rain. And so I think that when we lean into the Lord, the, the, the predominant thing that happens is that, like you said, Alicia, humility, quiet and listening and realizing more and more as we go on and on with him, how little we actually have to offer on our own and how much he's actually doing. Well, both of you have been, we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording too, but you guys, one of you have talked about how God's always the one that's doing the work, not us. And sometimes we think we're the ones that are converting hearts and, and, you know, bringing people around. And so when it's not working that we feel like we have to try harder, but it's actually when we step back and we let Mm -hmm. him do what he needs to do, that's when the real conversion happens. I had mentioned when we were talking um, before we started recording about St. Monica and how I think about her every time I have a family member or a close friend that they've gotten into a way of thinking that is not church teaching. And part of me wants to like tell them how wrong they are, (laughs) but the other part just, but then there's this, this soft voice that says no. And I just have to pray for them and I'll listen to what they have to say. But I've noticed that I don't interject so much of my, I might, there's a couple times I have to say something because when there's a, you know, it's totally false. They say, oh, the church believes this. Well, it doesn't really believe that. But I just leave it at that. I'll say this is what the church believes. And then they'll go, but what about this? I was like, well, those are people. 
you know, there are people in the church that have those beliefs, but that's not what the church mm-hmm. believes. And so, um, and then I just, I have to plant those, those little seeds and then step back. Cause I'm not gonna, I'm not the one who's going to make them grow. Mm-hmm. And so your image of rain mm-hmm. and, and like, a, and I think of St. Monica and how she just had to keep praying for her son and for her husband. And mm-hmm. she just did it quietly. I think it's when we get in a hurry. I don't remember. There was some saint that said, no, it wasn't a saint. I think it was actually Emerson. Definitely not a saint. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I'll probably get letters about that. It's fine. Just email me. Um, uh, but no, like that uh, said, you know, that we should take a cue from nature and how she gets things done. She's never in a hurry. She's patient, waiting for it to play out. Because nature understands, like the Holy Spirit understands, that all the seeds that plant will take root where they take root. And when the rain comes, they will sprout. Mm-hmm. They can't not. It's just how things grow. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I think about Jesus even, like in his witness, I mean, when it came to connecting with people, he was always approaching and asking questions and was more on the you know, trying to see where someone was at or to reveal their own hearts to him through asking questions, or their own hearts to themselves through asking questions of them. And I really feel like today, with every single person having an opinion on this and that and this and that, that it's a novelty and almost an oddity to have someone who's more interested and looking at somebody else and hearing what they have to say than spouting their own opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think that's our ticket in. I think it's accompaniment. It's being more interested in people mm-hmm. than in our own opinion. Mm-hmm. More interested in their hurt than in the answer we have to give them. Yeah. Which, I, was, I was thinking about this while you are saying it, and then when you said hurt, I was like, guess I have to say this now. But there was a, somebody had posted something. It was a truth about what the church teaches. And there were several people that attacked this person and said, well, this is so hateful. And they're like, this is the truth. This isn't, I'm not, and they said, but this hurts. He goes, well, you know, the truth, you can't not say the truth just because it's going to hurt. But it, that just because something hurts doesn't make it hate. Mm-hmm. And I really... That's beautiful. I really took that to heart because, you know, I think we get just because somebody hurts us or disappoints us doesn't mean that they hate us. Mm-hmm. Just because, but because, but because we get those hurts, those hurts take a long time to heal. And I know that, you know, there's the old child saying, oh, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But words do hurt. And yes, some truths hurt. And I'm not saying that you just suck it up because that's not, that's not helpful either. But just because somebody says something truthful and it hurts doesn't mean that they hate you or hate somebody else. Sometimes it just means that we need time to heal and maybe see the, the light in the truth, if that makes any sense. And sometimes people, like you're saying that, you made family members cry. Sometimes we come on a little too strong with our truths and they are and they are forceful, but it doesn't make them any less of a truth. Right. Mm-hmm. And so 
you know, we're finding like we, you know, like we've been talking about here, finding that gentle way of sharing truth with people. So there's uh, not necessarily faster because we're talking about being slow and God works in his own time. He doesn't even work on our time. He works in his own time. And, but just finding that, that nice medium place where we can share truth without causing so much pain, I mm-hmm. guess. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, the truth hurts sometimes, but people shouldn't think that we're hating them because mm-hmm. we're sharing the truth, if that makes any mm-hmm. sense. Well, I mean, I think that's one mm-hmm. thing, though, that, like, you can't necessarily control fully, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, if, if you say something to somebody in love, out of love for that person gently, and they take offense to it. It could mm-hmm. be just because they are in a place where they are closed off to that message. Because it feels like you're attacking their identity or who they are, or, you know, all of that. Um, you guys have so many, I have so many things going through my head. I have like a list, a growing list of things <laughs> to say here. I don't know if I, I'm going to have time. But um, you guys were talking about like, you know, the, the pain when it hurts. Um, I remember there's a girl that I know who she started asking God for humility. And shortly thereafter, these things started happening. You know, I don't remember what they were, the car breaking down and the, you know, house got flooded and, you know, all of these things started happening. And so she came to the conclusion that humility was a dangerous prayer, that it was a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, we have to, to look at that and say, okay, who is God and does that fit with who God is? Right. Exactly. Does God want us to suffer? No. I don't think God wants us to suffer, but we are going to suffer. Mm-hmm. So I, I and I, I suppose well, I don't think I'm wrong about this, but maybe y'all can correct me if you think if you think that I am. But I think that it's one of those that like God, like things are going to happen. Bad things are going to happen in your life. And either you can have God, you can be away from God and just deal with what life gives you in your natural way. Or those same things happen and God's there with you, teaching you humility and teaching you patience and teaching you kindness. And all of that hurts, but there's a purpose to it. And giving you a supernatural grace to bear it. Exactly. And exactly. to see it. And also that suffering when God is with you will bear more fruit when mm-hmm. it's done with him. Than when you just do it on your mm-hmm. own. Yeah. And so, so like in my own life, like I was talking about, like working, um, asking God for humility and these things have been happening. And there have been a couple of times um, that things are just so overwhelming. It just seems like bad thing after bad thing after bad thing is happening. And it doesn't seem like there's any way out. And so I start to kind of slip into that despair mm-hmm. and that, mm-hmm. you know, that dis- discouragement. And then I, you know, get this word of like, you know, no, who is God? Like, who is he really? Even though the circumstances look so glum, even though the feelings feel just as glum, like who is God? And am I going to trust that? Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And I think too, within that, talking about what um, you were talking about, like nature and how slow and, you know, oftentimes gentle it works. Like, I think also you can look in your own life. Like I've looked in my own life in these circumstances and seen how God's worked in my life and how he's met me where I'm at, how he's very slow with me. He's gentle with me. He's kind and he's patient. And yeah, sometimes he smacks me up the head with like, this is what you need to do. This is what you've done wrong. This is where your pride mm-hmm. needs to be broken. And he breaks that and I go, ow. But <laughs> it's always done in love. And he does it in he does do it in 
even in those times where it hurts and it's like, an, oh man, like I've learned this truth, the lead up to it, like he opened my heart up to accept that truth. Mm-hmm. And I think if we do, if we look at that and try to imitate God yes, in that. Excellent. So when we look at people that. and we go, okay, you know, um, you don't have faith at all. Um, maybe you're into things that are contrary to the faith completely. Or maybe you have somebody in your life who is a Catholic, but they're kind of fallen away. They don't have really any kind of trust in God, all of that. It's like, okay, how do I imitate Christ in this? You know, um, how do I how do I go about loving this person? And by loving, I mean willing the good for them for their own good. Because that's another thing we've been talking about, about being right. When you're talking to somebody about something that is not about being right, it shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. Because once you make it about being right, pride goes up, humility is out the window, you've lost that person. Dialogue, there's no dialogue. Exactly, yes. You're talking about um, your your journey through humility and stuff. It made me think of, maybe Lauren will know the saint because she's always, she's my go-to saint person. (laughs) (laughs) But... There is a. <laughs> Great, I'm totally not going to know. <laughs> I think it may be Saint Therese because I've been l- listening to her. Um, I've been listening to the audio version of her uh, diary, but she was talking about um, there's suffering. There are things that are going to happen in this life, but you can always tell the saints because they're the ones who bear it with joy, and so and it makes me think of like what I tell my kids. And, you know, they're allowed to have their emotions. There are lots of hard things in life. We recently have been talking about um, people passing away. Um, we had a, somebody we knew passed away recently, and then there was a book that they read that somebody passed away. And then we watched Mary Poppins, and the, the, grandfather, the, the bank, head of the bank passes away at the end. And they were having these really hard times with these, this concept. And I said, it's okay to have those feelings, those are hard feelings to deal with. And it's okay to feel a certain way. It's our reaction to those feelings that can cause problems. If we let those things consume us, that's when we start having problems. Because we, we know as Christians, as Catholics, that there's hope. Like we already know that Jesus has won the battle. I've also had been having this talk with my son about Know, spiritual warfare and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, it's it's real, but we already know Jesus has won, so we need to fo- refocus on what, you know, the end game. Okay, and so I think that when we are thinking about humility and these hardships that we have, and these people, our friends and our family, and society and culture and other people in the church who have differing opinions or lifestyles or having struggles in their faith, those might cause hard feelings for us because we want, we love them and we want them to be in heaven someday. And that's really where the root of those feelings come from is we want, we love these people and we want them to know the joy of, of God. And so it makes it hard when we see them saying things or, or spreading untruths and we want to be that one who saves everybody, but we're not the savior Jesus is, and so we're just we're just his sowers. 
We're just out there planting the seeds, Mm -hmm. living by example. And telling our stories. I think the answer for what is a gentle way to do this is to tell your story. And the blind man was healed by Jesus. He told his story. He went and said, I don't know who he is, but I could see, and now I can. <laughs> mm-hmm. He It wasn't on his heart to convince everybody. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm not trying to convince you all. I'm just telling you that he changed my life, that he's cha- taken everything that I was and transformed it without discarding it. He's made me something new out of the old bones that I had. You know, that's the story we need to tell. And I think it comes down to asking ourselves the question, who do I know God to be? You're talking about who is God. We need to ask ourselves, who is God to me? When I think of what he's done for me, how has he shown up in my life? That's my story. And that's what we tell. And then we just keep walking that out. We keep Mm -hmm. walking that out. That's the humble way to share. Not these are the seven tenants of it. <laughs> All of that has to be acknowledged, dealt with, and assented to as a Catholic. But when it comes to meeting people where they are in their hurt, people share doctor recommendations because they love their doctor. Yes. Because mm-hmm. their doctor's done something for them. Let's be human about this. Mm-hmm. It's not a social media post. It's not a debate. It's not an intellectual thing. It's a, this is who God is to me. Mm-hmm. And so I think I would want to leave our listeners asking yourself when it comes to these people who I love who are making what I feel are dangerous spiritual mistakes what can I do to share who God has been to me mm-hmm. what he has done in my life yeah well and I think I think there's that what you're talking about is a marriage between the truth and beauty mm-hmm. between the truth and love and joy um, because you know like like I was talking about when I was first became Catholic and I was telling everybody like X, Y, and Z, you know, I I would go over to my, I I remember (laughs) a couple of times, more than once, but, um, of going over to my family's house, like my mom and dad's house and all of my siblings are there with their families. And I wanted so badly to evangelize. I wanted to tell them about it. And like, I just wanted, and not, not to try even, I was not in a greatest place in terms of like my motives back then, but like, I really genuinely at the heart of it, like I wanted them to know the truth and the beauty that I have found because it was so incredibly profound and they didn't know it. And I just wanted that for them so badly. And so I'd go there, but <laughs> I'd go, so did you guys know about um. this? And I just see the, <sighs> she's it again, she's doing it again. <laughs> like, can we just not invite her next time? <laughs> and and um, so, you know, learning over time that it's, you know, you're talking about that joy. I think you're talking about the joy. Um, like, I, I heard somebody say one time that how do how do we evangelize those who don't want to hear it? And I don't know if well, evangelize I guess is the proper word, but how do we how do we um, show Christ's heart really to mm-hmm. to people who don't know Him? And it's just talking, like making it about your your daily life. Like, you know, what did you do today? Oh, well, I went to mass and I heard an amazing homily. It was so beautiful and it really touched my heart. And, you know, and then, you know, and last week, uh, you know, I went to, to adoration and set and it was just super peaceful and really enjoyed that. Just like tell them about like the things that are going on in your life mm-hmm. because they are the things that are going on in your life. 
and be joyful about those things, not force like forcing your joy or whatever, or making it pretend, but just being honest and genuine about like, you know, I love this, you know, and just being truthful about that. And, you know, and again, like you're talking about the seeds or whatever, like you're just being genuinely honest about this is what I did and it was beautiful and I loved it. And then go on your way and Christ can work through you in ways that you don't even realize mm-hmm. that he's working through. You don't, you don't know that they're looking at you and going, huh, there's something different there. You know, that's what I want. That's what I want for people who see me. And I don't know if I feel miserably at it, but like, that's what I, that's what I hope for. That's what I pray for. And I think that's, yeah, that letting go that we were talking about earlier. Well, and, you know, we've talked about on this podcast before that that's what this, you know, that's our thing here, sharing stories to let people know that we've been on this, we've been on these journeys and it may be a journey that they're on or something similar because, you know, nobody's experience is the same, but we can, you know, know that there are others that we're not alone. And, and we're not alone, even in Christ's body. I mean, we all make up the body of Christ, so we aren't alone. And I'm just thinking, you know, we're talking about sharing stories. And we don't just do it on this podcast. I know that even it was yesterday, I sent these girls a picture of me from, I don't know how long ago it was. And I was like, oh, excuse the the non-modest me <laughs> at this baptism. <laughs> Your spaghetti straps. <laughs> My spaghetti straps. But, you know. It was uh, not that bad. <laughs> but it, it's it's just funny because, like, you know, I, I had these little ladies back then telling me, uh, like, oh, make sure you're dressing mostly at church. I was like, what are you talking about? It's summer. And, uh, and then I looked back. I was like, oh, but they planted those seeds. Like, they sometimes you know sometimes people have no filter and it hurts like there was a couple times that what they said hurt but when I look back at it they really did plant a couple seeds that I didn't see take root until yesterday like I was like oh wow okay and I um but there are gentler ways to say those things and so Mm -hmm. I think that's what we're talking about is that there are gentle ways to plant seeds and and exhibit truths in our stories and in our lives so that others can look to, towards us and say, that seems really special. I want to know more about that. Mm-hmm. And Yeah. Well, I think also not only just talking about it, but also asking the other person, like genuinely asking questions about, well, what do you believe? And genuinely just, being curious about what it is that yes. they have to say and honestly listen. Because otherwise, when you're just telling and telling, even if you're saying something beautiful, if you're just telling and telling and telling when they mm-hmm. don't, they're not receptive to that. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're just, it's going on when what's a, you know, hitting a brick wall. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think, and, and, and I will say this too, like it's not, we're talking about bearing witness so that people can have a conversion of heart. Cause ultimately, you know, you want to save souls for Christ, right? You want him to save souls with, uh, through you. So that is the end goal, the ultimate end goal. But I think also going to people and it not like, you know, not being the goal of that conversation, right? Because you're talking about relationship is so important. Mm-hmm. Jesus made relationships with people. He mm-hmm. didn't just go to them and say, this is the truth. Here you go. Have at it. Right. Either you follow me or you go to hell. Huh. Like, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. he, he got to know these people and he, they let him, he let them get to know him. And so I think genuinely being curious about what they have to say, learning about where their heart is, where they're coming from. 
um, will not only allow you to speak to them in a way that's more um, specific to them and where they're at, but also just to build that relationship to let them know that like, you know, no, I'm not here just to convert you. I'm not here just to, you know, make you think what I think. I'm here because I love you, because I want a relationship with you. And no matter what, even if you never have a conversion, I'm going to love you. I'm called to love you. Yeah, and I would even go a step further to say that the church will succeed in bringing others into the fold in this new millennium. It's going to be a church that is more interested in other people than in itself. It will be a church that is loves people for the sake of loving people where even conversion is a secondary goal, where looking to get out of the way and be a channel for the living God becomes the goal Mm -hmm. of our relationships Mm -hmm. more and more and more. You know, when the prophets went up on the mountains and spoke with God, their faces were radiant, so much so that Moses had to cover his face or else the people were like, and again, you could see that I don't. There was another reference to that. Several other references to their faces would shine with the strange glow after having been in the presence of God, and I, I, I really do believe that that is true today, as well. That the more we spend with God, the more radiant we become, and that in itself speaks in a language, a human language that no words ever could. And I know I've seen that radiance on your face. And I've seen that radiant you know, on your face. I recognize it. I can see it. I can feel it. And and people who don't agree with us or believe like us, they feel that too because they're human and they were made for God. They recognize him on our faces. And sometimes looking at somebody and genuinely smiling at them and being so interested in what they're saying, because you actually are interested, can be witness enough and can break open a person's heart. Just that alone, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think we have to realize that in the age of opinions and in the age of telling and speaking and making sure we speak our truth, the only way that the church is really going to be heard is in this gentle and quiet accompaniment. And I'll say the church, the magisterium, I mean you and I bringing people into the fold, introducing them to Christ with our lives, through the sacraments, through our witness, through our companionship, suffering with them, Mm -hmm. suffering along with them. Mm -hmm. And that takes being close to Christ yourself. Yes. And I will say, I want to correct something I said earlier, because I said that you can't be close to Christ when you have pride. But I take that back a bit because God will meet you where you're Mm -hmm. at and he'll be Mm -hmm. with you you if you want him to be and you ask him to be. I think what I was what I was trying to say was in order to grow into deeper union with him, deeper into his heart, you have to let go of that pride and you have to allow his will to be the only will. Like you want to, you have to want that. To I don't want my will to be there anymore. I want everything that I do to be your will through me. And I think when you when you allow God to work in you like that, when you allow him to to make a room in your heart that doesn't get taken up, it, it, he stays there. Um, I think that's when, when he can really, like you're talking about, that radiance can shine mm-hmm. through because he's actually living inside mm-hmm. of you. 
And yeah, like when we receive the Eucharist, like he is living inside of you. Saint literally. Justina, he asked her, he says, make a resting place for me. Let me rest here with you. Yeah, and make that prayer. I make that, I, I heard the prayer one time and I thought it was beautiful. Is um, I, I forget exactly how, how it went now, of course, but something about don't permit me to leave you. Like come to me, God, live within me and don't let don't don't allow me to leave you through my sin and through my selfishness. You know. I'll never permit me to be separated from you, the Almond Christi. Oh, okay, there you mm-hmm. go. And Padre Pio too, you mm-hmm. know, that, that novena that you did, the one I think that was you that did that. It was stay with me, Lord, stay okay. with me, don't let me leave, don't leave me. Oh, yes. <laughs> and with him dwelling in you. He allows you to see others the way he sees them, which I think is our end goal here. And as always, thank you for joining us. Thanks. Thank you. Join us again in two weeks. Until then, may God bless you and may Mary accompany you.